When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> glory, oh, people are in this building and they get scared to death. <laughs> What's uh, going on in there? <laughs> like everybody else in here is a Jewish lawyer. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's not. There's they're like, so, what's going on in there? What are you doing? Are we gonna go door knocking next? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Good plan. <laughs> Alan Shapiro is a wonderful guy. He's a great guy. He said he said to me the other day. This he goes, sounds familiar. Tom, do you? Uh, do you follow hockey? And I said, look at me. Do I look like I follow hockey? No. No, I don't follow hockey. Last time I was here, there was a place that somebody wanted me to go after a show. And I oddly made I made fun of it, but now I oddly want to find where it's at. But the guy goes, you're going to love it. They have pancakes. They're so good. They're the size of trash can lids. And I remember thinking, well, that's not too appealing. I don't want a pancake the size of a trash can lid. But it was here somewhere. Was it in Minnesota? It was in Minnesota. Sure. I'm positive. Oh, I'll yes. Figure it out. yes. Okay. Oh, Panacookahoos. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, do they make because they make their omelets way too big and yeah. their hash browns yeah. way yeah. too big. Their pancakes are huge. Oh, Andy's gonna get mad at me. We got to take a quick break for uh, spots. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Oh wait, wait. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt. Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. 
I'm a customer. My family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Oh, see, she's playing one of my favorites of all time. Well, it's the first official day of summer. It's it stuck. is. Wow. It is. The music what? is really? stuck. Oh, yeah, June no. 21st. No. You oh, really know that version? Yeah, it just, it must have been an intro. Sylvester Stewart did one of the worst things in the history of radio. Yeah, you're right. It is, yeah, it's the first day of summer. I love the smell. You know what I miss about Pennsylvania? The smell of wet pavement after it pours. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that mean anything to you? Absolutely. I grew up in the <sighs> city. Absolutely. <laughs> It smells so clean. Oh, yeah, and you probably get it here, too, after a rain. So Sylvester Stewart, Sly and the Family Stone. Sylvester Stewart was on the radio in San Francisco. That's where he started, and then he decided he wanted to get into music and made tons of money. So he's on the air, and he decides he's going to quit. So he locks the studio door. And you'd have to block it because they don't have locks on You'd have to block it. Uh, so no one can get in. And he went off on the radio station, the listeners, the sales department. He finally gets to the general manager goes, and by the way, Mr. General Manager, I'm effing your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Nice guy. That's why when they fire you in radio, they don't really let you back on the air. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Do do not ever fire me and let me back on the air. That would be a really (laughs) bad idea. But you know, the great thing today is, you, you, when that happens, then people start the podcast, and people that want to hear what they thought about it yeah. are going to go over to that podcast. That's true. You're absolutely right about that. But I, I just I've been very very lucky in that in that uh, the shows this show's been on the air that the uh, morning show's been on the air for 33 years, and people wow. took to it immediately, and it's been it's been great for 33 years. I mean, that, what a gift. Who was who was yeah. the lead 33 years ago before you? A like, guy named Mark Seeger. Mark Seeger. I yeah. grew up with radio, and I loved listening to I it in the too. car. I do My too. dad, I didn't even know what they were talking about sometimes when I was little, but I still loved it. I loved <laughs> yeah. the personalities. And then I did know what they were talking about as I got older. Right. But even when I was little, there would be radio show hosts I liked. And my dad would, my mom would go, why do you like them? I don't know, just because the way they, the way they hung up on callers. Get oh. off the phone! And they were, <laughs> you know, I always, <laughs> I, I loved the dramatic. That could be him right there. Oh, there Come on is. in. <laughs> Come on in. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Louis. Happy birthday to you. Just a, just a loving way to bring somebody to the room. Todd Glass. I, you know, I never take for granted. Oh, yeah, I, I would give you a hug. You know what? I am going to give you a hug. Yeah, I love hugs. Ah, oh, you oh, comes in. Oh, <laughs> Good. You don't get compliments. You like compliments? It's fine. Can't get enough of you on that show. Thank you. If you saw me and my friends watching that show, you would probably light up. I would. Wow! Look at you. Wow! You're all right. Oh, I love this. My wife just texted me. Louis is super lost. Yeah, she texted me too, and I just said he just walked in. Uh, Super lost. See this? 
Sort of. Uh, See, Todd, this is the deal. I mean, Andy has known Louis since he was what, know, we about just, three years old. Yeah. We were just talking about that. And by the way, yeah, huge fan of yours. Oh, he and really likewise. Is. I mean, congratu- oh, Todd's yes. congratulations, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank I mean, you. you can you know, everything you're doing is brave. Hey, I have a question for you to, funny. to see how close I am to telling this story. We were yeah. talking about it before you got here. So the, 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 this is a story I've heard for years. The way you shot your first Showtime special, which is yes. when I first learned about you, was that because you went to local access in Minnesota? I went to said, the PBS station. And you said you shoot it. You can have it for your, because it's a big fundraiser here. Mm-hmm. So you can put it on your fundraiser, and then I will own it with you. And whatever we sell it for, I'll split with you. And you sold it to Showtime? Yes. And that's, what year was that? 1901. No, uh, <laughs> 1980. Probably what? 85. Yeah, and that's when that's how. And then 87, maybe even. I I'm really bad at. Well, it's pretty dating. close to the right story because sometimes you find out years later. Well, it wasn't actually like that, but that's what I've been telling. And people. they raised fifty thousand for that on um, that special. Costs eighteen thousand to shoot it. Wow. And we sold it to Showtime for 40000 And oh, I, I just sold a DVD of it, the last one. I just ordered a thousand new ones. Right. Because people request that special all the time. Do they so really? It was a great special. And you know what? I was saying before we came on the air, or that, you know, I think, you know, there's great comedy now. Every era had great comedy. But no during kidding, an right? era, yeah, it's, it's great now. It was great then. But during a vanilla era, I thought your comedy was like, in a weird way, ahead of its time. You were you were really talking about like I remember watching it and going. It resonated with me, even though I couldn't explain it. Like he's talking about stuff he gives a shit about, and it was it was great. It was different. It was from your heart. I really that special really uh, resonated with me. And and, you know, it's you always get paranoid when you compliment someone. You're gonna leave and go. Did I make it sound like I haven't liked anything since? No, (laughs) no. But you know, it is it is the purest because I wasn't inhibited. I was just doing my yeah. thing. I just discovered my thing, my point of view, really. And that special, I laid it out really yeah. carefully. Like I wanted to open uh, with a joke, and I wanted to end on the same joke. So I built everything around it. And if I never did another thing, it holds up as it probably does. the best special it I aged, ever did. It, it says it something. Great. If you want your comedy to age well, think about what you say. Think, are you you're not punching anybody that shouldn't be punched? Right. You know, yeah. you're not using a word casually, just in passing. Yeah, it really did. It aged really well. But anyway. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, it's a very beautiful compliment, and um, you know, like. Who doesn't love good stand-up? I mean, come on. Although I, I heard you like, this morning on the radio with those two guys. Oh, with Arge Barker? Yeah, Arge Barker Arge and the other guy. From, and Tony Kameen. Yeah. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah, you love them, and you love I what love they them. do. Yeah. And what, that's Marlon what, Wayans was great, too. I mean, yes. we started with Todd. Yeah. Went to Marlon Wayans, went to Arge Barker. I wasn't up Kameen. early enough to hear Todd. Well, thanks <laughs> for the support. They <laughs> <laughs> just put a rewind out. Like 25 years ago, we're sitting around talking just like this. I think you were at the house. And I'm talking about something or whatever. And Louie and my wife are really close friends. They're really good. Like, I was telling them about... It's Catherine, right? (laughs) (laughs) I still got it. I I just told them about your relationship with Toots that was was unbelievable. So Catherine, yeah. He's looking at me, and I'm talking, and Catherine's over there, and blah, blah, blah. And so I get done with my story, and he goes, 
My God, you're self-involved. <laughs> Thanks, Louis. Well, I mean, I'm the. I mean, I'm so. I get called on the carpet all the time by anybody who's close to me by, you know, saying those things to you're me because I'm so self-involved. Do you think about anything else but yourself, Louis? Ooh. <laughs> what other people think of me? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but I was just. You know what? It made me joyful. That you were feeling that way about comedy, and oh, then I just love and comedy makes people joy. That's why I still do stand up. You too, right? Yes. Because first of all, you're completely controlling the whole audience. Oh, here Second, we go. No, See, there but, we go. no, but there's a beautiful. You there, can't get it in doing any kind of production or anything. It's, it's so pure. It's, it's pure. all of it. That's what I say. What uh, it's yep. so, and it's narcissistic in a way, I guess, because you write, you direct, you edit. But by the way. The thing that doesn't maybe make it narcissistic, it doesn't mean you don't take people's opinions. That's the difference. You do. You just take the, you listen to everybody. And sometimes someone gives you an opinion, usually people you respect, you agree with and you yeah. change something. Yes. But it means, if it doesn't mean you don't listen to other people. It means you listen to a lot of other people you respect and you implement the things that make sense to you. So other people can have effect on what you do, but it's not, a, it's not demanded upon you. So it's very much you. It's like, yeah, believe me, I love it. And I also love... You know, like, you know, hanging out with other comedians. Yeah. It doesn't get, it's like, it's pure and, joy. And radio, same thing. Because any great comedian, I think, started on radio because you had nobody coming to your shows. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I would go and I would find out whoever was the top radio person. I'd go, could I come on your show? Because I could, I could, I could be funny on the air. And Twelve was, dozen Krispy Kremes. That's the first time I ever saw them. Who? Louie brought 12 dozen Krispy Kremes to oh, my show. My mom said always bring something. <laughs> yeah, she's right. She's okay, 144 donuts he brought. <laughs> I thought that you said 12 Krispy Kremes because I have a thing where somebody asked me. Now, I'm not saying this is healthy, but I was in a, in a comedy club in, in a... It, uh, it doesn't Baton even matter. Rouge, I it doesn't think matter. It was, it was um, uh, Why do I want to remember? But it doesn't matter. Yeah, Colleen I know. Uh, in, in Omaha. At the, oh. at the improv. And I was saying I don't like one Krispy Kreme. I, I'd rather have none because mm -hmm. one doesn't do it. At least three. She <laughs> right. goes, well, how many could you eat before you were... And I don't mean stuffed. I didn't have any desire to sit and eat, oh, ten, and I have a stomach. No. Until no. I was just satisfied. Yeah. Uh, Eleven. Eleven is We got up in the morning. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. I was not eating it like... No, just when I ate one and go, you know, if it had nothing to do with health and it all had to do with yeah. how many of these I would eat before I was go, I think I have enough. I had eleven. So she told everyone at the club, Todd had 11 Krispy Kremes. And I, to this day, defend, I'm not saying it's healthy, but 11 Krispy Kremes is no bigger deal than a piece of cheesecake at a restaurant. No. And, and you wouldn't eat a piece of cheesecake at a restaurant no. and go, can you believe Todd had a piece of cheesecake? So back to Krispy Kreme I go, Louie. <laughs> I get 12. I bring them back to the club, and I mush them together because there's a lot of air in them. I mush them <laughs> together on a plate. I try to make it look like I sprinkle some powder on it, put a dollop of whipped cream on it. So when I show it to the staff, I go... That's 11 Krispy Kremes on yeah. a plate. Which is, does that look crazy? It's like cotton candy. It's Krispy. like cotton, right? They, they're, they're, they're very, very similar. They're very, yeah, so I'm not saying 11 would be good for you, but no worse than a decadent, thick piece of cheesecake. So 11 it is. I like that. <laughs> 11 it is. I, I love Krispy I don't oh. eat them anymore, but I, I, well, you know, because I've just eaten enough things. <laughs> It's really true. Like on day, I just said you've eaten enough. You've eaten every single it. thing. Louis. That was everything. That's it. And yeah. I and I so I revisit some things, but then, you know, I just don't. I don't compulsive. I'm really joyful. I no longer compulsively eat. 
That's wonderful. So it was a big, it's been a big. That's uh, a huge deal. Yeah, God removed it. I, I got to tell you something, honest to God. I don't know why. You look great, by the way, Tom. Thank you. I lost 70 pounds. Oh, yeah. There's 22 more. Jesus. But I don't know why this happened, but I got up early yesterday, and I didn't know you were coming back to town. I knew you were coming back to town, but not today. You got yeah. your 12 Christmas. Yeah. No, this is unbelievable. So I'm kind of doing laps around our basement. It's like 500 steps. So it's nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice work. I do, I do like 12 of them. So it's Nice, oh, yeah. I've been in that basement. And I kept staring at that pillow. <clears throat> now here, this is one of the... We're in Vegas. And oh, Louie always came so to do our show. This is so embarrassing, That's not embarrassing at all. Well, it's, it's a, not your it's shirt. Sweet as, it's sweet as hell, Go actually. ahead, do it. Thanks for your <laughs> support. <laughs> okay, right there. No, I didn't mean it in a mean way. I know you don't. You, yeah, you've always been mean to me, Louie. <laughs> just horrible. So, I know. Catherine and I are waiting downstairs because we're going to take a, a taxi to the airport or a limo to the airport or whatever it was. And Louie was going to go with us. So we're standing there and Catherine's talking to me and she's looking at the door and she goes, you know, the other day, and she just stopped talking. And I was like, what's that all about? So I turned around and there's Louie in this blue and red striped orange. shirt. Was it orange? Orange, yeah. yeah. Blue orange. and orange? Yeah. Oh, yeah, blue and orange. Yeah, blue and blue orange. And orange. The, and stripes are like this wide, right? Yeah. Is it an Izod shirt or a, Izod or a yeah, Ralph yeah. Lauren? And so Catherine's just looking at him and looking at him. He goes, what? She goes, what do you mean what? What is it? Is it the shirt? Do you not like the shirt? She goes, well, Louie, I love you. You know that, but I don't like the shirt. So he goes, ah, okay, whatever. About, what, two weeks later? Yeah. Two weeks later, we get that shirt, which has been turned into a this pillow. I mean, he's got it totally overstuffed. It's and we still have the pillow. Oh, oh yeah. I made it into a pillow for her. You did made it because she really made me realize that wonderful. they don't. You know, when they make big people's clothes, yeah, they don't always. They take the little person. Like that shirt would look okay on a smaller person, but when you put it on the bigger person, it yeah, really. I true. saw what she meant, and I was embarrassed. And uh, that's not what she meant. She loves you. No. Listen, Catherine has... No, but that look... Everybody knows that look of like, I get that look a lot. I feel like that with shoes. Comics. Comics in general are not... They would probably not pick the right clothes. Maybe nowadays as you get no, older. No, I, I get help because I can fall behind. I, get, we I can, ask friends. Well, ask because friends. we go, oh, that's colorful. Yeah, I yeah. ask friends. And you learn from what you see yourself on television, what oh, ages well. Like, keep, keep more in the middle somewhere. No, it doesn't age worse. Yeah. These are some Parachute my... pants, by the way. Oh, God. Oh, I, oh, I, have, so oh, cool. I have some good uh, things. In 1980. <laughs> I have expunged most of those uh, photos. I, thought, I saw a comedian wear them. I go, he looks so cool. So I bought all these parachute pants. I was like, what am I doing? You know, these are some of my favorite shows to do. I, I just, I love listening to you guys talk to one another. I just, it's fantastic. Well, we are quite nice. Well, well the respect, the respect no, part but we huge. do, listen, we, listen, first of all, this, oh, we gotta take this, a break. oh, well, when we come back, I want to ask about this you bill. Gotta go? This. Damn it, he's gotta go. I know. I love you. Tom. I'm glad you stayed long enough to put up with well, this. Well, we stayed to say, we, I stayed yeah. to say hi to you. Yeah, you he did? did. Yes. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah, so where are you tonight? I'm at the I'm at the Royal Comedy Theater. It's oh a yeah, little black box theater. Where is that? Hopkins. Oh my god, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's just well, you out. you know, listen. Even though I have a show tonight, You're, forget yeah, me. Go and see Todd. He's one of the best. 
Where are you comics. at? Of all I'm at uh, I'm at Turtles. The there there you go. You see where the career is going. No. I'm at what Turtles. Is it? what, no, that's it's, 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 it's an it's actual a, turtle <laughs> that I stand on. It's at a and, casino. <laughs> it's Turtles is. No, it's down by the casino. Yeah. yeah. It's a great room. Yeah. It's a rock yeah. room. Yeah. It's a rock room. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. go see Todd. I guarantee you one thing. You'll never forget the show, and no, you'll want to you see him the next time he comes. You're absolutely right. It's the truth. True. You're one of the best comics there is. Eight o'clock tonight, it. and then was it seven and nine thirty? Seven. And, well, it's sold out tonight. Sold out seven tomorrow. Seven. But nine thirty Friday. Try to get in tonight, Saturday. though. It's a little room, by the way. It's <laughs> very little room. <laughs> Try to get <laughs> in. Sunday, in. I'm not I say we add a late oh, show so Sunday. So he doesn't want to add a late show Sunday. Only if you make the first show at six, because you won't get. I told him you make the show at six. Minnesotans will come at nine. Right. But if you make it any later, they'll be done. Maybe we should keep one. Do a five o'clock then. That's what he said. I thought about a five o'clock. Five o'clock would work. I talked about why you can't have alcohol. I can't have anyone under twenty-one if we have alcohol. But if we didn't have alcohol, then we could have. Forget it. We'll do one show. I'm exhausted already. You know know what? Next time. Next time you'll do two and no one. Yeah. Congratulations. It'll be fun. Louis, how long are you in town? I leave. Let's see. In five minutes. No, like Monday. That. I leave Monday. God, we should. Yeah, we're going to try and We should set up like a lunch. Yeah, it would be fun. Be, I'd be love to. Ball. Wait, you leave on Sunday? Do you have a show Saturday? No, I have a show Sunday. Oh, you do? I leave Monday. Okay, me too. I do leave. you have a show Sunday? Yes. Oh, we got to yeah. coordinate it. At be six. A ball. I have a show at six. Come over oh, to the house. Come over then. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'd love to come. Yeah. No. Don't make any promises. Come to, come no, to me, we never want to. I don't know what he's saying. You know, who is this guy? I've always loved that club. So, oh, I love that place. It's a, bla- it's, it's, a place. it's a black box, right? Yeah. I love. I, you're thinner in a black box. It's unbelievable. Todd Glass. Todd Glass. Great to see. Folks, listen. Todd Glass is a great comedian, and I never say that. Thank you. We'll well, I've said it a few Tom times, but God leave, damn it, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Go, get out. Get okay. out. I think the two Jews in the room don't like Scandinavians. You no, they, they love Jews. <laughs> I never said that. Todd's full of love, first I'm of all. He is. Full he of absolutely love. is. This guy I don't know, but he seems Mike, nice. He's, yeah. a very nice. he's a very smart guy. We yeah. Oh, God, I wish I could say that. Well, it's nice to see you again. Where'd we meet? Don't bring that up. Thank you very much. Oh, you were? You're a comic? A long time ago. Oh, congratulations. Everyone yeah. should try it. Oh, yeah. Everyone should try it. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back on with our show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. 
Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side -side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at floeintl.com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. What is there? I'm a Are those not working? No, but there's a microphone. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, you, yeah, you got it. Right there. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love that. Really? Hey. Hi. Oh, Bilba. Louie, how are you? I'm great. You know, uh, I love coming back to Minnesota, and I love that... Minnesota, it's like 90 degrees out. <laughs> yeah, but still, it could still snow. You don't know. <laughs> That's what I oh, always think. Oh, it snowed in June before. Yeah. Early it? June. Early June. Yeah, June 5th, I think, was the latest it ever snowed. Look look it up, will you? I think uh, uh, Gorbachev was here. Is it true? And it started snowing on June 5th. Wow. Nope, the went... latest recorded snow in Minnesota, 1.5 inches uh, on June 4th, 1935. No, so it was June 4th. Okay. Wow. Well, it couldn't have been Gorbachev then. No. No, but it was Khrushchev. <laughs> banging issue yeah. on the table it was unbelievable. I, uh, I got. I'm just happy to be back, and it's nice to do this. And uh, Todd was a great surprise, and he's the oh, sweetest he, guy. He was raving he's, about. Yeah, him. Oh, so oh, he was for like in two hours. He was raving really? about. That's him. so sweet. Um, what time's your show tonight? Ooh, eight o'clock. I think at Turtles. It's eight o'clock at Turtles. Isn't that a good name for a like? Remember when you said Turtle? Yeah, that was really because it funny. was written on the... I know, but I, look at I guess... Like, goes, He's a turtle. Then the, I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> yes, but that's what makes... There's the essence. 8.15 to 11. Oh. So there you well, go. Let's hope so. Get to work. <laughs> um, at Turtles 1890 Social Center. Oh, I love that address. <laughs> you love 1890? Social Center. <laughs> yeah, the Social Center. Yeah, Social Center. That's it's right. It's so weird. But, um, yeah, so... Well, Catherine said you would. I was going to try and come over for dinner. Well, no, because I didn't. I know, but I didn't realize that I had a show. Yeah, so. yeah, but she was like, he's not going to go for dinner. I woke up this morning when I can't go to dinner. I have a no. show, but I'll be here all weekend so we can figure out a time. Yeah, that absolutely. would be fun. Maybe I don't know on Saturday, if you want to go over after the shows and do a late night thing, or on Sunday do something in mid morning brunch or something, we'll or we'll just out. hang out. Yeah, we. I'm open. I'd love to see you. That would be wonderful. Yeah, Todd, uh, I'll tell you, he's a great guest. He's, uh, he's you know, because I've been talking about him for a number of years. I've always been a fan. You've of always been a fan, he, I remember. Because he, he just says what he wishes to say, and he's very passionate about his beliefs. You know, I was talking to him about, I want to get your take on this, actually. Well, because Hold on, I'll get my glasses on. Todd, Todd Glass tends to be quite liberal. Yes. But I, we were talking about Nick DiPaolo, whom I also love. But he's very conservative. Yeah. And I think that, yes, they don't agree about anything politically, but they both have this great passion for their beliefs. And I really like that. I, yeah. I, like, I, like I always it. say to people, you know, like, 
those, uh, my dad was very, you know, uh, you know, conservative in a lot of ways that he, mm, of things yeah. he believed in. Right. But he wasn't. He was not. Here's the thing. He wasn't arbitrary about it. That's yeah, what it's I'm not like and I believe it. this. What I say is, you should, you should be a Democrat because you believe in democratic things. Not you should believe in democratic things because you're a Democrat. No, exactly. Yeah, and a lot of right. them. And you should have conservative views on some things if you're a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Certain things that you don't. You're not across the board. <clears throat> You know, that's the problem is... Yeah, you should pick your party based it, on your views, not your views based on your party. The two-party system is really destructive. Well, yeah, it is. It is, yeah. It's destructive it really because, is. you know, I'm more of a moderate and conservative yeah, in some too. ways, and I'm liberal in others. I just I, I just think that uh, the noise out there is deafening. Mm-hmm. It is. And in the meantime, when the noise is deafening... Thousand, if not millions of people are suffering. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I, I don't understand how somebody who on the right is very religious and somebody on the left who is very progressive and liberal can hate people the way they do. If you're yeah, so, but what's if you're the, so religious what's the or, where's the hate come in? Because you don't need it. I know. I don't, I don't need get to it. hate you. No. As my dad used to say, I don't need to. Like my dad had this really uh, contradictory thing. He'd go, Louie. I go, Dad, you don't even... He goes, I hate that guy. I go, you don't even know him. He goes, I don't need to know someone to hate him, Louie. <laughs> and I always thought, that's kind of where the world is sometimes mm-hmm. on this stuff, where they just jump on something, hate people, and God, I mean... I don't get it. The quick judgment, yep. it's a judge, jury, and executioner almost daily. No, it's unbelievable. People's careers, people's lives, and just without even... Go- Nobody's reading the facts of anything. No, they're not. And, they're not. And, and it doesn't help that Fox and CNN both embellish stories like mad. Listen, like, stop lying. Yeah, stop it. I mean, first of all, I just, I, you know, I just, I can only watch, listen to so much news. You're right. I, can, I right. can't, I can't do it because it's so, it's overwhelming. And that's why, you know, what I'm worried about is that the freedoms and the liberty. Mm-hmm. Those are things I'm worried about: freedom and oh, liberty. Oh, absolutely. Because these are under these under this loud drumbeat. Those things are are being kind of tucked away and put in storage. I think you're right. I think liberalism. I think there's a war on liberalism right now. To be honest with you, I think they'd like to destroy the the world, not just the the, the rhetoric going on in America. But I I listen to world the world news. I listen to yeah, that right, on a podcast. Right, exactly. And it's happening everywhere. Look at the guy who in uh, Toronto, whose brother was the mayor. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yep. His brother just won a big conservative seat. You know, a bunch of uh, party just had a record-breaking conservative up in Canada. So really? I don't know what the movement is. What was his name? That guy up in Canada who had his cocaine. Rob Ford. Part. Rob yeah. Ford. Yeah. His brother. Uh, won a big... His brother uh, Gerald many, Ford? Yeah. How many, uh, yeah, how many did he win? Does it say, Andy? How Let's many see, seats Rob did Ford, he win? It just happened. Doug was, Ford. Doug Ford, huh? Doug Ford, yeah. Let's see. Doug Ford. Let's see here. The Progressive Conservative Party. It's a yeah. Progressive Conservative. Odd name? Yeah. The Progressive Conservative uh, Party. It's, smart, it's like to try to sell a car that... Okay, what? yeah. Here we go. The Ontario Leadership Race... 
all those words. Just <laughs> the leadership absurd. race. Yeah. He um, won by, he only won with 50.6%. But didn't he bring a bunch of people with him? Uh, I would have to find out how yeah. Canadian politics Anyways, work yeah, to yeah, find no that kidding. out. But what I'm saying is, uh, these things, when people say we're going to cut taxes, I'm going to do this, I'm going to shore up. You know, those are all button things where people go, yes, please do all those things. Yeah. And they don't know what else is going to be done at the same time. So I say this, we have to all look into all things and get to the bottom of them because we're not the kind of people, though. We don't. We aren't interested in reading all no, the, the no. info that goes mm-hmm. with it. They don't care about the facts. No. They don't. They just don't care about the facts. It's yeah. like you embellish it as much as you want. There are some things on TV that are flat-out lies. Well, here's a fact for you. Daryl is on the phone. Oh, D- Daryl Miklos? Mm-hmm. Daryl, you probably should ask that last name Miklos. Daryl. Is it not Daryl? Who's on the phone? Apparently no, but that's right. Just yeah, just we can. Well, Daryl, if it's you, call back because apparently, or, or we can just reschedule. The phone's not working. Did we you have another phone call? You had a phone call coming up, don't you? Yeah. No, that, that yeah. was supposed to be Daryl. But I could hear a phone line, but <laughs> yeah, I couldn't it's hear like anyone. Yeah, they couldn't hear us or something. That's all right. Like I said, we could always re- the, the show's mm. tomorrow. We could have well, there's nowhere tomorrow <laughs> to put call, him on. Where is it? Who is he? Uh, the he, second season of Cooper's Treasure premieres oh. tomorrow on Discovery Channel. In the 1960s, NASA astronaut Gordon Cooper gathered troves of information while orbiting the planet. I love that kind of stuff. I know. You so know what's hopefully my, we'll call I, back in. Yeah, okay, he, he just called back okay. in. Can we hear you now? Daryl. Daryl cannot hear me. Yeah. Oh, there, there you are. Daryl, <laughs> magnificent. Louis Anderson is in Hi. studio, and he's a, he, he's a huge fan of uh, what you're talking about, Cooper's Treasure, premieres tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central on Discovery Channel. Uh, Daryl, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that. You pronounce your last name? Is that really Louis Anderson? Yeah, hi, Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Oh, hi. How you doing? What an honor. Thank you. Oh, likewise. Uh, Hey, this sounds fantastic, Daryl, what you're doing. Yeah, it is. I really love it. I feel like I'm um, one of the luckiest people on Earth, uh, and perhaps space, too. I was just going to say, you're not just on Earth with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's, no, hey, Louis, can I ask one question? You, can, you, you should do the interview, because no, he, he admires you, and you admire him. Daryl, what is it like, mm-hmm. what is it like to, to be, you were in space for this stuff? Or you're... Oh, no, you, I you, no, Gordon, Gordon Cooper. Was, Oh, for the Gordon Cooper thing. The map was written in space. And so what is it? Because for me, what intrigues me about space is it would truly be the, you know, uncharted territory. Yeah. That would be so fascinating. What is your show about? Well, it's about um, my relationship with former astronaut uh, Gordon Cooper uh, of the Mercury uh, the original Mercury 7 astronauts on his Space 7 Mercury 9 flight. Um, he went into space and uh, was testing a crude version of a magnetometer. While he was up there, they were to use that magnetometer to try and locate nuclear missile threats Oh, um, from the, during the Cold War. While he was up there, he got a few anomalies that he 
deduced were probably from shipwreck material in the Caribbean and Atlantic. Mm. He jotted down certain coordinates, uh, took uh, hundreds of photographs as well while he was up there because he was like a, a human satellite at the time with, back when they didn't have satellites in space. He went down with some friends when he came back to Florida because he had been involved in treasure hunting uh, years before becoming uh, an astronaut. And uh, he went with his friends and investigated some of these anomalies. He identified shipwreck material and started charting these areas down, hundreds of them. And uh, 21 years ago, he and I met as uh, adults. I met him as an adult. I first met him in 1978. Uh, as a child through my father, and then uh, again as an adult in, in 1997, we tried to get a lease to salvage shipwrecks in the Bahamas. Uh, we were unsuccessful in getting a, a lease, so we went back to California, and I w- he became my best friend for like seven years, and then he passed. But prior to his passing, we worked on several uh, shipwreck locations together, and we tried to put together several other expeditions, and unfortunately passed before we could complete it. So I'm continuing his legacy, so to speak. That's so fascinating, isn't it? It really and, is. Uh, I love treasure hunting yeah. in general. Oh, I, I agree with you. I, my I dad used to go, keep your eyes on the ground, you might find something. <laughs> you know <laughs> that? Quarter. He was serious, though. Somebody there you go. Quarter. It's true. It's true. So how did you get to know Gordon Cooper, Daryl? Well, in in the uh, 60s, I believe my dad met him in Florida because we had temporarily moved to Cocoa Beach uh, near Cape Canaveral, and he got the bug for treasure hunting after he met a gentleman named Chip Wagner, and, and so much so that he, back in the early 60s, um, Chip Wagner found uh, the 1715 plate fleet right off the coast of Florida, just south of Cape Canaveral, and my dad was walking on the beach, and found some uh, black-looking stones, just very similar to what happened to Kip Wagner, and he realized that they were treasure coins. They were pieces of eight, so he took me and my three sisters and said, I'll give you a quarter for every one you can find. A quarter? And gave to my dad. I thought I was getting ripped. A quarter. (laughs) How many did you find? We found hundreds of them. Back in those days, they were all over the beach, and nobody really knew what they were. And the beaches didn't have that many people. So we found hundreds of them, and then that's when I got the bug. And uh, later on, my dad met, um, through Kip Wagner, he met uh, uh, Gordon Cooper, and he was interested in treasure hunting. And so they shared that same passion for exploration. And Gordon said, well, in the meantime, to keep you guys busy, because I know you're not making any money doing treasure hunting, uh, why don't you go look for spent booster rockets off of the Cape? And so they did, and that was when my dad found his first treasure wreck. And I snuck on board one day in 1969 uh, to try and be part of the action, and my dad found out 45 minutes later after they were out to sea and got really mad at me because he he thought it was too dangerous for me. He said, you want to be a treasure hunter? Well, he picked me up, threw me in the ocean, and said, go start looking for treasure. And I swam back to the boat. And ever since then, that's how I got the bug. Wow. We'll take a quick break right here, just a couple of minutes. Gordon was a long Yeah, Gordon was a longtime friend of my family. So uh, they did the Murph Griffin show in 78. Uh, and then later on, I met him again in the Bahamas in 97. And we were best friends from 97 until his death in 2004. And before he passed, he gave me all the archival data that he had put together for decades, along with 
files and illustrations and tapped them onto me and said, finish what I can't do. And that's what I'm doing now. Daryl, you can stay with us. We're just going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. Can you stay with us? Absolutely. Wonderful. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me. At their free informational dinner on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth, those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 65 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that our weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. Mungo Jerry. Huh? I figure skated to this song. That. You did? I, I did. just saw I, Tanya, if you get a chance to see it. Oh, it's fantastic. I met Tanya Hardy. <laughs> uh, I, Tanya. Oh, that's right. You were in that whole biz, weren't you? Yeah. Skating up a storm. Louis Anderson in studio. He's at Turtles tonight at 8.15, you said, Andy? Yep. 8.15 to 11 yeah. is so the show. You want to get there at 7.30, probably. That'd yeah, be good. I think so. Louis Anderson is in studio. Daryl Miklos on the phone. We're talking about... Uh, Cooper's treasure. Louis, seriously, Daryl, Louis is fascinated by this subject. So I just, I'm going to sit back and listen to you two talk about it because it's, there's a lot of passion there. Say, so listen, Daryl, Daryl, just a question because I think people want to know this. How hard is it to, how hard is it to lay claim to stuff? I always hear about these people in these long term fights with governments over the claim of the treasure they found. Well, that's that's the question of the year. I mean, it's really, really difficult. You have to get yourself a host country that is willing to participate in the exploration with you. Um, I think we have a business model whereby um, you have to please two different entities. You have to please the host country and you have to please the academic uh, uh, people. And the academics don't want any private venture companies doing this at all. They seem to think that everybody's out there to steal cultural heritage and that 
the, the rich cultural past of uh, any given country, but that's not the case in my situation. Now, granted, no. I'm not saying that's never happened, <clears throat> nor would I say that uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with them necessarily, because we are out here just to tell a story, show the people new things uh, about uh, shipwrecks that went down that nobody's ever heard of. In the last three years, we've found more than 30 shipwrecks. 90% of those nobody even knew about. So I think anything that we can add to the rich cultural history of a particular host country is great. And if there's financial gains, uh, it, that's, that's great because we share those with those countries. And I don't see anything wrong with that business model as well as the rich cultural history that they're gaining that they otherwise wouldn't know. It would be like we're, we're crime scene investigators trying to put together clues, locate shipwrecks, explain how the accident happened, and put together the clues and come to a conclusion and tell the story rather than leave it down there because Mother Nature's not kind to any of those shipwrecks that went down. And over the centuries, these things are disappearing along with the stories. You know, it's so, so fascinating, isn't it? It is you really know, fascinating. Can I just ask this? Where's the hardest time? Where Where's the roughest sea where you guys have done stuff? Where has it been so really almost impossible to, uh, find, to, to well, work? This year we were out, and, you know, it, it gets rough during the winter time, but also, you know, incumbent weather changes so rapidly. So it's, it's basically everywhere you search. Luckily for us, we're in shallow water salvage, um, not deep water. So it, we can get in and out quicker. With the advancement of technologies, we're able to outrun storms prior to them actually uh, doing any harm to the crew and our equipment. But everywhere you go, there's always something different. If you've got, even if the weather's nice on top, uh, if you've got currents that you have to deal with, you've got uh, sharp coral and reefs and mm -hmm. uh, the animal life and sharks and all of that. So it, there's a myriad of problems uh, you have to conquer in order to be successful. Do you float the wrecks or do you just excavate them underwater? We bring up certain artifacts to identify shipwrecks, and then once we're able to deduce that this, uh, these artifacts come from a certain period, so it, we're, we're identifying clues. We bring them up for identification purposes, and then uh, we'll put the pieces together until we can actually put the story together and, and figure out the point, of or, or the point of origin and or date that these ships went down and try to... Uh, that, along with a lot of research that we've done, uh, that with Gordon's files, we try to make a whole story. And, and, mm -hmm. But in some cases, we're running into areas where there's multiple shipwrecks all on top of each other, which makes our job even harder. But at the same token, that's the fun part about it, is picking uh, the pieces. And it's like having 10 puzzles in one box, and everybody, and you just threw all the 10 puzzles pieces on the table and said, okay, there's 10 puzzles there, put them together. And that's what we do. What's the best thing you ever found that you, you, you cherish? You know, it's, it's mostly, and I get that question a lot. It's not necessarily anything of commercial value. I, I would rather go with the historical value. And some of the things that I found, like last year we found a, a uh, an anchor that was somewhat, we believe, related to Christopher Columbus and or the Pinzon brothers. Oh, God. Uh, and historically speaking, that was pretty amazing because 
um, it wasn't supposed to be there. And there was no record of it having been there. And after we did some research, we found out we followed the Columbus Trail. We located the anchor, and I believe I know where the shipwreck is. And so that was probably up to date my favorite. But uh, every time I come across something new, it becomes my new favorite. And you'll see that when we uh, when you watch the show. So please watch. I used to open for the Pinzon Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist that. No, you could not resist that. Before they did the trapeze act? Yes, yes they were terrific. They were unbelievable. Until the fall. <laughs> Do um, shipwrecks drift yeah, very yeah. much? Well, you, you would think they would, but a lot of the metal and the material stays right where the original uh, point of sinking, uh, unless they've fallen on a ledge then the yeah the, then they'll the fall off push them off the ledges right but for the most part no they remain where they went down and oh, that's so lucky. that's the amazing part about it but you got to figure out where they went down and follow the trail because it's all about following a trail you want to find the final deposit because you got different kinds of shipwrecks you've got some that completely go down intact and then all the organic material disappears or you've got wrecks that run aground and they break apart and they scatter into millions of pieces and they're spread off route and you have to follow a debris field to find the final resting place of a, the, the, mm. the bigger deposit. That is so odd. That's the, that's the trick. Daryl, how much treasure, I, I, I would assume, how, how deep in the ocean would a metal detector work or do they, they work at any depth? I don't know this. Well, a magnetometer is what we use to identify uh, anomalies, um, iron-based anomalies. And then once you've done that, they, and that it generally works depending on how long your cable is. You can drop them down to about 100 feet depth, but we don't work at depths that much. So we're generally working in areas between 15 and 25 feet. So we drag a magnetometer oh, okay. behind. It picks up anomalies, and it'll go down depending on the size of the artifact, uh, is 30, 40 feet uh, to the sides, each side, and then 10 feet under, 15 feet under, depending on the substrate and the seafloor bottom conditions. But then the metal detectors, depending on how big your wand is, um, they, they help you identify or pinpoint whatever the uh, magnetometer. So you, you go with a magnetometer, you find a large anomaly, then you identify that anomaly, by dropping a buoy on it, and you dive down and you use a metal detector to try and pinpoint and, and uh, condense the search area, and then you dig or you identify the artifact right there on on the surface of the seafloor, depending on the water conditions and the bottom conditions. Some are buried, yeah. some are just sticking right there, mm -hmm. or staying right on the surface. So I'm wondering how much treasure is buried under the mud and the muck I'm down sure there that we'll lot. never find. You know what? We think about that every day. While we were working this year, we were going back and forth from our research vessel to the actual sites that we were looking for shipwrecks and trying to guess how many billions of dollars of treasure we traversed over in the water on our way to site. You yeah. know, uh, there's literally billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of gold. Last year, I went to Seville, Spain, and the archival data of the shipwreck, uh, the ships that they built in Seville. Uh, the gentleman told me, the director in the museum told me that if you put all the files together, it would span 42 kilometers, about 30 miles. Mm, 30 uh, miles of gold? Paperwork. Not and bad. Yeah, 30 miles of gold. 30, 30 miles of, of files 
of shipwrecks, though they made millions of shipwrecks. There's more than three million shipwrecks that went down worldwide. There you go. And I would three say million. a good, Jeez. good two-thirds good two of them are in the Atlantic and Caribbean, and a lot of those had treasure on them. I mean, why? That's what they were about. They were expanding. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Um, why don't they use something like plane or balloon-mounted sonar? I'm assuming it's, it's either a resolution problem or a penetration problem. Um, well, you know, we've come up with some pretty innovative ideas ourselves. We actually have used a plane to pull magnetometers so we could fly over sites to help identify them faster. Uh, we're coming up with ideas about uh, attaching a magnetometer to drones and programming mm -hmm. the drones to yeah. scan certain sites, and then that way it's not such an arduous process on a boat. And so... Technology is changing. Innovative ideas are coming forth. We came up with a few ourselves. You'll see some on the show. And I think after, I mean, we put a metal detector on a submarine, and nobody's ever done that before, at least anybody that I've ever seen. Uh, that way we could vi do visual surveys in deep water and, uh, in those cases where treasure may have fallen off of a ledge. If we identified something on the deep water, we would there's only one way to find out whether it's a man-made object, and that would be to use a metal detector. Well, we put and custom-built one and put it on the arm of the submarine and extended it out, and we're able to identify things like that. Uh, nobody's ever done that before. So it's, some of it's just come up with your own ideas. Some of it's utilizing technology. And some of the technology that we tried didn't work out. Some of it worked fantastic for us. And it's also gut instincts. That's that's probably the number one thing that makes you successful is homework, research, and gut instincts, and along with technology. So, that makes total sense. The it's, second, it's, it's a large, it's a long process. The second season of Cooper's Treasure premieres tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, on Discovery Channel. Daryl, thank you so much for your time. Louis is fascinating. I love it, Daryl. I can't wait to see second season. Hey, man, I'm here in California right now. Let's hook up sometime and meet and go yes. out, and I'd love to watch you do your stand-up comedy. <laughs> I, all right. Louis at LouisAnderson.com. Send me your info. I'll send you mine. You got it, man. All right. Thanks, Daryl. All right. Will do. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate having, your, uh, having you on and your time. Believe me. Daryl Miklos, uh, the second season of Cooper's Treasure. It is tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central on Discovery Channel. That stuff is, uh, Andy, you must be pretty fascinated by that, too. Yeah, not enough to do it, but... <laughs> not enough to make it happen. Well, you know, I mean, you know... Go I... out to sea like that? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it can get pretty rough out there. Yeah, I would be afraid of... I think people underestimate, as those three mil million wrecks will tell three you. Yeah, million. exactly. Yes, they'll tell you they underestimate the sea. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. we oh, always, yeah. Uh, you know, like I, you know, you hear every day, you know, they were just standing on the shore and a... Wave came up and took them all out. That really? Happens, that happens at Baja, California. All the time because all of the, the uh, Pacific and the yep. Atlantic together. Am That's I right? Exactly it's like right. They're right there. Well, it's like, what do you do if a wave twice the height of your ship comes in? It's like, oh, there's God. nothing you can do about that. Nope. You're just, I would eat the eclair.
Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Have the eclair. That'd be good. Just, well, what? we got 15 more seconds to live, so let's just, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't think you have time to think of anything. Though. No. Just I like, don't think ah, you absolutely. Mom! Mm-hmm. That was so cool, though, that you said, I want, you said earlier, I wonder if there are like 100,000 wrecks. There are 3, 3 million. million. I had no idea. I had no idea. idea that there were 3 million ships that ever made. I know. Yeah, that's, yeah well, that's right. You're I mean, right. that's like, how many, I mean, you know, I, you know, we shrank the world. With the internet, mm-hmm. so so we we miss the vastness of yeah, of I how big it true. is. But you know yeah, what I mean? You're absolutely right. And I think well, yeah, no one like, thinks about the Atlantic Ocean because there's nothing there. Right. Like, we just think of it as like you know, just a a place that doesn't really exist. It doesn't. And when you fly over it, I get very upset. I get nervous. I can't have the window open when I'm flying. Long distances over water because I know. I don't think they like you opening the windows on. No, I don't mean. I just mean the shade. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, let's not open the window. Yeah, no, I didn't mean literally open the window. I meant the shade because, you know, I get like, well, there's nowhere to land here. No, yeah, that's true. And so I just get like, okay, shut that. When I went to Okinawa, I went, okay, shut that, shut that, shut that. that. Think of something else. Mm. Louis tonight at Turtles. Uh, I get there about 7.30. The show yeah. starts at 8, 8.15, somewhere in that neighborhood. Tomorrow at Maple Tavern. Maple Tavern. Yeah, Maple Tavern. Yeah, That's hey, they redid Na- Maple Tavern. Ma- they, no, Maple Tavern, they redid it. They reconfigured. Um, I mean, they br- they remodeled the whole downstairs That's there, heard, yeah. which is really, really a good break. And then Sunday, at uh, which I've never played, is Withrow Ballroom. Yeah, exactly. I never played yeah, right. that place. Oh, in Hugo, right? Hugo, in Minnesota. Hugo, yep. Well, we used to go to Hugo, Minnesota for something. It was flea market or something was, or what? Well, there what were, was that? There were rock and roll acts out there all the time at the Winthrop Ballroom. Yeah. Like Buddy Hugo, Holly would come through and play the Winthrop oh, Ballroom. Oh, maybe I did play that once. No, I don't think that's it. Because that's north. That that would be north of the cities, right? Winthrop? Mm-hmm. Hugo. Or is it west? Hugo's kind of... Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's kind northeast. of like Stillwater. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It is. So I don't think I ever played there, though, but I'm looking forward to it. Maple Tavern looks like tomorrow at 8, and then Saturday, 6 and 9. Mm-hmm. You have to do a 6 o'clock show if you're going to do an early show. And then what oh. was the third place? Winthrop? With Winthrop. Winthrop. Is it? No, Winthrop, isn't it? There's Winthrop. a Winthrop, Minnesota. There's no, a Winthrop. Winthrop Ballroom, isn't it? Winthrop. <laughs> Something. Abilba. There is a Winthrop. Winthrow. Winthrow. The Withrow. Withrow. The Withrow, yeah. Hey, Withrow, get in here. (laughs) Withrow. I don't know. I always love words. Uh, Well, maybe it's a... Their site doesn't have their event calendar on it. Maybe it's a mid-afternoon gathering. I'll look it up on Facebook. I think it's a 6 o'clock show there, Give me one second. I'm just going to guess. We'll figure it out. It doesn't matter. I'll be there. Just find out if they really want to go. find out. Go to Comedy Gallery... Com, you can find out about all the tickets or brown ah, paper tickets. Yep. There we go. June 24th, the Withrow Ballroom. It's already 6.30. June. I know. Well, so there you go. They, they start getting shorter tomorrow. Yep. Uh, first day, day of summer. It's today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, 6.30 at the Withrow, June 24th. Thank you to everybody on the show today. Todd Glass was wonderful, no doubt about that. Jack Davis did a great job. Louie Anderson in studio wow, as so well. Sweet. I love your new digs. Daryl, yeah. It's it's so up, it it's more uplifting. Yeah, All the yeah. light, it yeah. makes it easier, doesn't it? It's a lot less dark. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show.